0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Baseline with Jeremiah Hosea. I'm so honored to be here. I want to thank PRN. I want to thank Gary Null. I want to thank Katherine Davis, my good friend, who um, has uh, helped make this connection possible. And um, I'm just so excited. I have one of my best friends here in the studio with me. Please say hello, Ryan Waters.
1: Hey, hey happy to be here. Here we are.
0: Yeah, so Ryan is uh, hes just a, an awesome human being, so we're going to just kind of catch up for a minute. This is old friends catching up, and um, then we're going to delve into some various political discussions. But um, Ryan is, is a good friend of mine. We go way back. We're co-producers of an album called No One Slave, which I'm very proud of. It's by The Collective, Earth Driver, so please look that up. Earth Driver, No One Slave. Um, it's an independent uh, underground classic in its own right. It's freedom music. It involves a, a wonderful community of folks. And when we recorded that album uh, way back when, um, you know, I just learned so much from Ryan um, in that process, things that have, I've, you know, I've taken with me throughout my career as a professional musician. Ryan is like, You know, he's a phenomenal guitar player. He's a world-class guitar player. The brother is the lead guitar player for Sade. He played with the New Power Generation um, with Prince. So, I mean, we're talking about an A-list cat and he's my good friend but gotten around a little bit <laughs> yeah he's gotten around and um, you know it was such an amazing experience honestly seeing Ryan so many years ago but I could remember it just like yesterday seeing Ryan on stage in Madison Square Garden just blocks from where we are um, on stage with the great Day. and you know one thing that people have to understand on a gig of that magnitude is you know and I point this out it's not just luck You know, when when you get on a gig like that, sure, you need to, you know, it's a little bit of luck in in maybe being in the right place at the right time. But then you have to hold down the gig (laughs) and, you know, and it's an incredible thing to really be the man for the job. And, you know, I'm just so proud of Ryan, everything that he's accomplished in his career and, um, you know. He's always been a phenomenal musician, but now with all this experience under his belt, I mean, the brother is a guitar god. Hey, <laughs> so sorry to ha- pour it on so well, thick. Hey, you know,
1: listen, on the real, none of that would have happened if it wasn't for you, because you were the one that made the connection that eventually led to that gig. It was us and the work that we were doing, and sort of. I think it was a friend of your mother's that sort of put us in touch. In right, place. you know, it's That's all true. luck. It's all know? luck, absolutely. But, but you're, you know, you're a huge part of my story. Well,
0: right? well so thank so. you, man. I appreciate that. You know, and Ryan is like, Ryan is the silent assassin a little bit. Ryan, you know, he's just a very intelligent, thoughtful man, and he's, you know, he's a phenomenal musician. Um, but, you know, he has a great head on his shoulders, and um, he's been, uh, you know, a critical thinker as long as I've known him, and a person who's... Um, you know not a follower I don't think he's he's his own man and I really really respect that and um you know it's just been um
1: I got my blind spots man, yeah, yeah well we know? all do <laughs> I
0: think I think we all do I think we're all naive in one aspect or another but um you know I just want to talk about your career a little bit Ryan just because you know it's not every day that people get to talk to the lead guitar hey, player of Day. Hey. so I okay. uh, just like you know First of all, like what's it like working for Sade?
1: Uh it's the best gig on the planet it's uh, uh, some of my favorite people um, Unfortunately, they take really long vacations <laughs> um, so I'm kind of left up to my own devices most of the time i've I started with them and two thousand
0: shoot no don't uh, date us I man know, crazy. No, Let's leave the dates out. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and you know, in that time of it's been two tours, you know, yeah. which have been uh two of the two world, uh, two tours. world tours and, and uh, two of the best times of my life. So um but all that to say man it's it's also a lot of pressure like you said, you know, getting the call. It was I was definitely a bit of a fish out of out of water. I was green, I was young. It was my first big gig um but uh, you know, thankfully, I was surrounded with really good people. I got really spoiled. Um, I think even moving forward, having experienced that as my my sort of introduction into the music business, I kind of expected everything to be that moving forward. Everybody would be as professional. Everybody would be as cool. Everybody would be as efficient and
0: respectful. Let me guess,
1: it wasn't the it case. It was not the case. <laughs> I, I learned real quick. Um, but that said when Sade gig comes around uh it is it, it it's you drop everything and it's it's just, of course it's the best gig on the planet but of, course. of
0: course, and right. you guys were just monumental I it's mean, a great band it's a great band yeah. great people yeah I mean just really clean sound so so um what's the word I'm looking for it's like uh you know iconic yeah you know? yeah I mean these songs it's like you know it really they they really stick with you you know i you know what's funny is i i've been uh I've been getting a little bit of um, physical therapy recently, and um, when I'm in the physical therapist's office, yeah Sade comes on yeah, at one and, point or another, I'm like, there's Ryan <laughs> to to me, too um, yeah man and then also, of course, you you played with the late great prince I did right? um, the new power generation I you know so I've had the privilege of seeing you on stage with. Sade and with Prince, that's <laughs> right? Mean, you were the, that, at, at city yeah, show, the right? city yeah, winery. Right. Gig yeah, the city winery gig, and um, you know, playing. And you know, come on, Prince is a phenomenal guitar player. So if you're playing guitar with Prince, it's just it's not a game. He, you know, yeah, he he, he wasn't bad. Yeah, he, he's, you know, and I know he's a big influence of, actually, that's another thing I would add is knowing Ryan as long as I've known him, he was a Sade fan and a Prince fan I was, yeah, before he yeah. worked with either of those artists. Uh-huh. He was an actual fan. Yeah, I, th- so, I
1: think I had to lead you to the well. I mean, he, you were going, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: come on, man. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what's funny? I'll say there's a, I will admit I'm not the biggest Prince fan. I I, I admire the man respect the man you know legend genius yeah, yeah. i'm not the biggest prince fan right, i, I sure. don't dislike him at all though. No, i'm not course, a hater sure, no. Absolutely. but you know th- there was a video that we watched with our good friend morgan craft mm-hmm. and and a, a few of us were hanging out years ago and we watched um i think it was prince live in germany yeah that, and that's when i was like oh prince i get it yeah, now yeah, i yeah. really get it yeah where? live is definitely where that was his you know, th- His th- that's wheelhouse. what got me, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, he was—he played like a virtuoso piano thing. He did a crazy, like, you know, percussion solo, like a timbayero. Yeah, right. Then he plays some crazy slap bass. Yeah. Then he, um, you know, plays just burning guitar. And then after just blowing your mind with the singing, the dancing, the multi-instrumentalism, he brings out a basketball hoop and shoots and makes one free throw. Like, to, <laughs> yeah. as though to say, I don't do anything... Imperfectly. Yep, yeah. You know, so, I mean, wow. Yeah, that what, that, was, that was the German show. I remember that show. What a force of nature. That's when I was like, oh, the yeah. Prince thing. Now I get it. It's not just like Raspberry Beret. Yeah, it's like yeah. this guy is playing his butt off on multiple instruments. Yeah, he existed on another
1: level, man. And Yeah,
0: man. yeah, unbelievable, right? Yeah. So, you know, so then with Prince, of course, um I guess you know, one of the most featured, if not the most featured singer of NPG, was Liv Warfield, right? She sang Mm -hmm. with Prince for many years, Mm -hmm. I don't know how many years in total, and you've become, you know, uh, a close collaborator with Liv. How long have you guys worked together?
1: I've known her for almost, what, 20 years. Uh, Going back to Portland. Going back to Portland. She was a uh, sort of an aspiring singer. She was on a track scholarship in portland which is where i grew up i was home visiting my folks from here uh as i was back in portland and a mutual friend sort of put us in touch and she knew i had the shot a gig and she was trying to be a singer and she was just this college kid and she was singing karaoke so uh she had me down to come see her sing some karaoke and I saw Liv Warfield in a karaoke bar. What? I, <laughs> so. I would not want to be um, no,
0: doing yeah. karaoke when Liv Warfield's yeah, exactly. doing karaoke. It's no, I, like, I was not. I wouldn't dare. Do it's kind of like, there. hey, could everybody just not do karaoke yeah, and we'll exactly. just make this a nice Liv Warfield concert yeah. <laughs> instead?
1: So I just uh, I saw her and I just encouraged her to uh, you know, get out. I took her to some of the clubs I knew, introduced her to some people, and she took it and ran with it. I went home. And we stayed in touch, I saw her, I saw she got the Prince gig, and, and so when I moved back to the West Coast, we kinda reconnected, this would be 2012. And so she brought me in, so I kinda worked with Prince by proxy of Liv, right. um, which turned out to be a real blessing because I'm such a huge Prince fan. And I'm so glad I didn't have to work directly for him. <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. I mean? I yeah, that to, would have been a little intense, exactly. right? I got to work with him, as opposed, which was it was uh, a thrill of my life. It was fantastic. It, yeah, unbelievable yeah. stuff, man.
0: I mean, and I, and just so you know, guys, I am a professional bass player, by the way. I'm yeah, an I artist. You sure are. No slouch. <laughs> Thank you, brother. And that song we heard at the top was um, my song, Love's the Highest Truth. And if you keep listening to that song, um, Ryan plays what I call an epigrammatic guitar solo <laughs> on the end of that song. It's like, I give him 32 bars to just take us up and up and up. So please go to my website, jeremiahhosea.com. Check out that song. Loves the highest truth. Spread the word. That is the message that I want to share with the world. Loves the highest truth. And, um, I had the honor, actually, of doing one, not one gig, actually, I guess it's one series of gigs with Liv Warfield at the Iridium not far from here. I guess that was like, shoot, I don't know, five years ago or something like yeah, that. Yeah, probably. And uh, that was intense for me because, um, you know, first of all, just so excited to be back on the bandstand with my brother Ryan for like the first time in I don't know how many years. and. You know, I'm looking forward to one rehearsal on a Friday night, and you guys got like snowed in or something. That sounds right. That sounds and it's right. like, oh, okay, just hop up on the bandstand <laughs> with Liv Warfield. That's a character building yeah, experience, well, yeah, yeah. you know. And I, I would have loved to have that rehearsal, but it's like, hey, we're flying by the seat of our pants half the time, and the audience doesn't even know it. Yeah. And I'm, you know, and I'm also a chess teacher, by the way. You know, I'm, I'm a professional bass player. I'm a chess teacher. So I'm teaching chess all day and I'm coming home and and I'm shedding my, we call it shedding, going to the woodshed when you're, you're getting ready for a gig or you're working on your playing. And I'm learning all these live Warfield songs, literally falling asleep with the bass on my lap, trying to get ready. Like, we got to do this. It's three in the morning and we got a few more tunes to learn. But yeah, that was just an unbelievable experience. I mean, you know, I've worked with a lot of great singers And I'm really honored to say that and Liv is, you know, she's what you call a sing the house down soul singer. She's not and
1: you held it down from what I remember.
0: Yeah. I did, man, (laughs) you know. One guy, he didn't follow up with me, but he said he wanted bass lessons. Yeah. I had one potential bass student from the gig. (laughs) Yep. But yeah, that was such a great experience. And I'm such a huge Liv Warfield fan too. I mean, she's just, she has a great energy with the audience and she's just, she's like an athlete. I think she does have like a sports background, she like does, track yeah. and she, field. She so yep. she just, uh, she just has that statuesque presence and just this monstrous voice to go along with it. But then also, you know, even like the last show, show I saw Ryan at the uh, Cafe Wa a few weeks ago, he was in town. And then he, he left and he came back. He's back in town with his lovely wife, Tarika. But, um, you know, Liv always just, she breaks it down and she goes into the audience. She's a real she artist. She's not like just, you know, reading off of a script at all. She she just take it here and there. And it's a really interactive experience with her. She's just, you know, you know phenomenal. But, um, yeah, I want to talk about... Uh, you know, I guess in general, the the music industry, I mean, I don't want to talk about it too much, actually, because it's not a very pleasant conversation. It sure isn't. But, but, but know, there was there's... a quote you said, Ryan, and I, I don't know if you remember this quote, but Ryan said a funny quote years ago that I never forgot, where he said, the music business has as much to do with music as the snack food industry has to do with music. <laughs> it basically, it's just it's just. You know, it's selling little little items, but th- you know the music is um, sa- often sacrificed and often seemingly the least important thing. Sure, sure. Like, I mean, what do you, what do you see in general? I mean, and I don't want to set you off like on a cynical thing because there's obviously really good music and great artists and stuff that are out there too. But in terms of the industry, what what what, if, what do you observe just generally speaking about what's happened in in the music industry in in our you know, adult lives. Yeah,
1: you know, I mean, it's, uh, you and I experienced it together, you know, uh, my first experiences with it are yours. You know, I think we, um, at a very young age when we were full of idealism, um, we got introduced into the business via earth driver and 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 really sitting in our in our ideals and creating from it right and the minute you step into the business you're beholden to the bottom line just like any business and you know the creativity and and uh, is is way down on the priority list and and that didn't feel right to us I think from jump right you know and and when I say like with the shot a gig I felt spoiled they allowed me to be a musician in that band, and wow. to, to do what I do. Right, and most of the music business, where you're sort of, if you're a hired gun or it, it, it's, it, you know, art and commerce, it's it's Doesn't the same jive, old story. Right. We'll never mix. Um, and then, you know, subsequently, uh, over my years of, of being in it, the music business itself has fallen apart. You know, the internet and all that came came. To be, you know, since we got started, and uh, that's just completely changed it. And and in order to sort of keep their footing and to sort of keep their, you know, the maintain their power in this hierarchical system, the the business itself is just sort of eating, eating itself, eating its artists. To where it's it's now this music is sort of this, uh, it's no longer sort of consumed in the same way. It's 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 cheap and it's a commodity it's 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 ubiquitous just yeah people don't buy records anymore people it's just sort of filler in their lives and yeah but that being said there's still great music being created um we're always musicians are always going to find a way to create and be heard right and the stage is still where that happens so right still where i spend most of my time yeah <laughs> yeah exactly
0: it's wonderful but um yeah, it's weird, you know, nowadays I overhear a lot of music just being played loudly out of cars. I live in yeah. Harlem, yeah, so people sure. love to blast their music. Right. Um, you know, as they as they uh, park in front of the uh the deli across the street from my house. They feel yeah, they right. need to serenade the neighborhood uh-huh. um no matter what hour of night it is. And um, you know, there's a lot of interesting little things going on in music editing and music mm-hmm. uh production but i guess my problem is i don't want to hear music that sounds like a computer made the music right, yeah. like use computers to play around with your music but i want to hear the human being yeah, yeah. you know and a lot of this stuff has just gotten so programmed so sequenced as a matter of fact have you seen those images where you see like an old school record, and you see the wave, and you can see the dynamics of <laughs> yeah. old school players playing. Yeah, it's trick, and if you look at a wave of modern music, the, the dynamics are gone. Yeah. It's just this huge block of sound yeah. that you're looking at. Yeah. So it's like you can visually see how music has changed. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it really is. But let's um let's let's get into some political stuff here. I, I love catching up with you, and I and I love talking about music. But you know, I am known for for being a little rough <laughs> around the edges. That's love uh, we love you. Come on, <laughs> and also, you know, I want to say to Ryan's credit, by the way, to just give you a hint about what kind of man Ryan is. Um, you know, I, I told him before the show, I said, look, man, I don't want you to be responsible for any crazy thing that comes out of my mouth. Like you're involved with some major commercial enterprises. You might have even signed some like non-disclosure non you know disclosure agreements or like, you know, what do they call like, you know, behavioral contracts where you say, I won't say this and yeah, I won't right. discuss that. So I don't want to put you in jeopardy with any of the, you know, people you're beholden to. But I said, hey, do you want to just talk about music and then I'll go into my political stuff or, you know, you want to join the conversation? He said, look, man, I'm, I'm not afraid to be affiliated with you. Never have. <laughs> so, you know, I appreciate that so much and I also appreciate your perspective. And I would love to hear um some of what you're observing on the political scene today, um, you know, we're in an atmosphere of censorship, I guess, you Absolutely. know, we're, we're seeing censorship in a, in a weird way. Um, we're in a weird new age of a, a sort of a new authoritarianism, um, you know, vaccine mandates, et cetera, et cetera, medical mandates. Yep. Um, we have, a you know a very divided country in terms of you know you have q anon on the one hand and then what i like to call blue anon on the other hand um donald trump i hate to even say his name you know i hate to publicize the guy when i when i t- when i write his name i put a little uh hashtag over the u because I don't want no, like to repeat his name. Yeah, I, like that. I like to censor it. Actually, you know what my favorite nickname is for Donald Trump? And maybe you guys can uh, repeat this. Um, he, I call him Trauma Dump. There was a bunch of different nicknames for him, but my favorite was Trauma Dump, because okay. I think that's what he sort of represents for the the country, a, a massive trauma dump. But um, in terms of the, the political scene that we find ourselves in, um, it's very strange, I would say. Do you feel like uh, we've witnessed just a really sudden sort of shake up and sort of, I call it the skewing of the political landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like things are different now. And mm-hmm. I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, there's a, a new movie, and I haven't seen the movie actually yet. I, I wanna see it, what's it called? The, the Mel Gibson movie about child trafficking. Oh, Um, right, yeah. The uh, Sound of Freedom or something like that. Pardon me for not being prepared with the title of the film, and I haven't seen it. But what I have noticed is the film has been um, really attacked severely. It's been called like a QAnon-associated film and this fixation with child abuse and child trafficking. And that's confusing to me because I thought um, protecting children was like a major hallmark of the left. Mm -hmm. And now... The left, and again, we get into complicated stuff when we say the left and the right because I just don't think it's that clear anymore. Absolutely. I That's think good. there's the left and then there's the synthetic left, mm-hmm. which people call the left. Uh-huh. But then, likewise, with the right, you have the mainstream sort of Republican right wing Fox News, and then you also have the far right, meaning militia people, people who are like discussing and planning like, yeah. you know, government takeovers and. Yeah. And and you know they're they're afraid that black helicopters are going to show up in their various states and put them in concentration camps of some form or another. So we have the left, the synthetic left, I guess the commercial right, and the the actual far right. right. Um, but yeah, what what are just off the top of your head? I know I'm kind of rambling here a little bit, just saying some you know various things, but. What, what are some of the things that jump to mind when we talk about the political scene in twenty twenty
1: three? I think you you started. It is sort of th- that real just just flip of left and right, and you know, sort of coming of age in in, in the the nineties, let's say, in New York. And I was you know a bit of a, a let's say a Chomsky and leftist, and and you know we were kind of out in the streets protesting you know, Giuliani's New York at the time. Yep, and, I remember and, that. And you know, we were we were pushing back from the left and and it was it was just such a, a, a solidified sort of political position that I didn't think would I would ever see change in my lifetime. And, you know, cut to two thousand sixteen, cut to twenty twenty, where we see now this censorship is now coming at us from the left. Right. And and I'm finding myself aligning with, whether it's a, a, an anti-war position or all these, these uh, uh, just foundations of, of my morals and politics, right. I'm finding myself all of a sudden be like, yo, do I gotta... Well, yeah, <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Yeah, exactly. This is and, not where we belong. I find myself aligning myself with, with as far as politicians, uh, none of which I've ever trusted or ever will. Right. You know, but that is that system is the one that's in place that that still we have to express our politics through. Unfortunately, um, and and I, I I I would say that it's it's more obvious than ever the need to change that very system from it just needs to be <laughs> right. You know, and. Uh, uh, but yeah, man, it it is just that sort of subversion, sub, subversion, and and just this this the the drastic change and and to see it happen sort of right in front of our eyes, yeah. and To see you know the left that we that we trusted and knew to see it sort of fold on along lines, whether it was COVID, uh, but even the Trump stuff, and and whether it's Russiagate, whatever, you know, all of these sort of. Uh, the the propaganda that did come in from the left and 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 really corrupt it was just like yo, you know how did this happen so fast? Yeah, and it's so, so quick?
0: strange. And you know one thing that I'm that I'm really troubled with. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, we could make a nice hefty list of how the left has changed yeah, recently, and it's it's noticeable things that we could describe. And one thing that I'd like to describe is this weird cutting off of the discussion. This weird. I don't want to talk about it. Effect, mm-hmm. um, you know. I that we can't do that. We have to talk, guys. We have to talk things through. We have to understand where we stand. And even if we disagree, we should understand why and how we disagree. So we could be clear about ourselves and our interactions. And um, you know, not talking about it is not acceptable because then it's going to be a thing of I'm ultimately just going to try to impose my view on you or you're going to try to impose yourself on me and we didn't reach a fair understanding between us, right? right? And um, you know, for example, uh, I don't want to talk about COVID is what I hear all the time. Um, And it's like, well, it's not a matter of COVID now. Now we're talking about the consequences of COVID policy Mm -hmm. and we can't afford not to discuss that. So you're like, oh, I'm tired of COVID. I don't want to talk about it. Well sorry, but we need to talk about the health of our society. We need to talk about the laws of our society, yeah. right? Like now there are lawsuits of people who maybe lost their job because they didn't comply with mandates. Well, these lawsuits are ongoing. Yeah. You don't want to know about it. I mean, that's, that's ignorance, that's practicing ignorance. You're ignoring relevant things. And that's what I've been saying recently is, um, you know, if you're not up to discussing what's going on in society, then just stand clear. You know, I say just like literally I'm recommending to people don't watch the news anymore. Don't vote. Disengage from politics. Breathe fresh air. Listen to relaxing music. Practice yoga. Go to the beach. Spend time with your loved ones and never discuss politics or news. And say, I don't want to be stressed by that. I don't want to waste my energy with that. Either do that or address what's really going on. But don't pick this little weird in-between position where you're just absorbing commercial news which is specifically not presenting you with relevant information you need to know and fancying yourself as some sort of informed citizen who enjoys watching the news. It's like, that's not news, guys. That's the anti-news that's preventing you from discussing the things that we need to discuss. For example, Um, the topic of my next substack, which is excess mortality. Um, But yeah, as far as the current uh, administration, the Biden administration, I hate to say his name as well, um, just gives me the creeps, actually. Um, I find this interesting. Tell me if this rings a bell with you, uh, Ryan. I've been finding that Biden is sort of being upheld as the first president we are not supposed to critique in any manner yeah. that, as soon as you mention biden well trump well trump yeah. yeah but trump's not the president anymore yeah. well what about joe biden's policies and they, and these oh you know he's he's an he's an old man and he, he's doing his best well he's also the president and his policies are affecting people's lives yeah. so if he's not up to being the president i don't want to hear this well he's an old man excuse why was he um upheld as the nominee for the Democratic Party in the first place, which is yeah. isn't that strange mm-hmm. that Joe Biden, um, you know, is is a career politician. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump was the oldest president, actually, to take the oath of office sure. until Joe Biden. Yeah. Good. So Good. we didn't have an old enough president. We need an older president who's yep. who's also um, linked with racist policies and mm-hmm. and basically a right wing democrat who's never seen a war he didn't like people don't realize linked is putting it very kindly (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly i mean he's a he's a war criminal i mean i that's something that drives me crazy about all this donald trump stuff is yeah i i don't want to even sound like i'm defending him at any point because i i have no affection for him at all but to describe him as this um atrocious thing and to pretend that the other living presidents are not atrocious. Yeah. Atrocious is is a joke. Yeah. I mean, it's absurd. They are all mass murderers, yeah. actually. Sure. And, like, not in an abstract way. Not at all. You know. Uh,
1: and, I again, I think that that goes right back to that thing that we were talking about and, and sort of how you were dividing the left and, you know, I, I think you could describe that part of the left as maybe the MSNBC left. Yeah. And those are the very folks that that cannot, will not refuse to, to criticize. Um, and it's, you know, it's politically it's to their detriment, you know. Uh, and, uh, you know, you and I remember very well when, uh, w- when the Democrats sort of circled around Biden and, and you know, Bernie looked like he was going to be the guy there for a minute. Yep, you people know? forget and about the, that one. Yeah, they circled the right wagons real quick. So, you know, it's uh, I, it's it's not so difficult to see what's going on and to uh, connect the dots. But, um, you know, everybody in their little uh, echo chambers and their s- sort of social media silos are not um, opening themselves selves up to other perspectives. You know,
0: no. And also, you know, do you recall because I know I know you've watched the documentary. We've watched it together, actually. That's how Ryan and I go back. Just as a for historical record, we've watched the two-part documentary "Manufacturing Consent" about the life and ideas of we Noam sure Chomsky did. together. Yeah, I so, think we
1: had people over. Yeah, you know, we played a VHS tape. In yeah,
0: exactly. We watched a VHS, two VHS tapes. Yeah, sure a two-part video of Noam Chomsky "Manufacturing Consent," and I want to review in this atmosphere of um, censorship. And I don't a lot of people, I don't think, understand actually what the censorship issue is. They really don't. Um, Just to clarify a little bit, let's discuss it. So um, I think there's an impression that people, agencies, I should say, media agencies, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, are censoring dangerous people. That they're, you know, really like terrorists and people saying stuff and they're saying, oh, well, we can't allow that to be promoted on our platform. But that's not what we mean by censorship. We mean that doctors, credentialed doctors, for example, are just being silenced. That they they have legitimate credentials and legitimate perspectives that should really be taken into consideration, and they're being silenced like terrorists. Um, That's a dangerous situation. And I I brought up manufacturing consent because I'd like to uh, do a quick review of the case of Noam Chomsky defending... Robert Faurisson, you remember this? Do you remember that? Of course. That, right, okay, good. So, um, you know, Robert Faurisson, for those of you who don't know the story or might not remember, Robert Faurisson was a Holocaust revisionist who said there was no extermination campaign by the Nazis against the Jews. And Noam Chomsky signed a petition to to uh, defend his, his right of free speech, basically. And um, people, um, you know, were you know they were they were outraged they were they were disappointed in Chomsky they called him a self-hating Jew and every other thing and he actually had a town hall meeting to clarify the matter where they said are you saying that the extermination program never occurred how could you say that he said I'm not saying that at all yeah. what I'm saying is an elementary principle which is that to defend someone's thesis and their right to state their thesis is a different matter altogether. People should have free speech, period, point blank. And he said the best response to Robert Forry in his opinion was to completely ignore him because he didn't consider his scholarship legitimate. Or you can refute him academically, but don't deny him free speech. And certainly don't go down the slippery slope of granting the state the right to determine historical truths as a matter of law, saying, well, no, this is a violation of what we have encoded as legal history. You have stated something against that. Now you can be incarcerated. Now you can have your rights violated. So as he stated, every mass murderer, every dictator in history was in favor of freedom of speech for views that they support. The test of free speech is if you're in favor of it for views that you do not agree with. absolutely. So it's like, let's not play this game, guys. We have to be adamant about free speech. You actually also have the right to lie. If you lie, then we should identify what you said as a lie, Mm -hmm. not prevent you from being able to speak or legally punish you for lying. You have a right to lie. You also have a right to just simply make a mistake. Right. I think that's an interesting thing, too, is that we have these terms misinformation, disinformation, not sure what the distinction is there. And now we have malinformation. Have you heard of malinformation? Of course I have. Malinformation apparently is information that is not incorrect, but is subject to misinterpretation by the layperson. So we don't want, you know, the, the people to have too many facts that they could get confused with. And that's sort of the atmosphere that we're in, right? There's been this weird thing around COVID um, where they were saying, um, don't do your own research. That's crazy. Did you see the meme, Ryan, where they show um, vaccination research and they show someone where, with a lab coat on in a laboratory ho- holding, like, you know, a beacon or something? And then they have uh, anti vax research and it's a lady sitting on the toilet looking at her cell phone. Yeah,
1: no, I. Uh... I get it. Yeah, yeah, Even exactly. If I haven't seen exactly. It. So I described it well enough you yeah, could visualize it. Sure.
0: But you know, I love the Igor Chudov Substack. Um if you're not subscribing to him, definitely check out I- Igor Chudov. He's been way ahead of the game. And um you know, he has he he revisited that meme and he said, "Well, the woman on the toilet is wise." <laughs> yeah. Open up your cell phone yeah. and look up information on your cell phone while you're yeah. sitting on the toilet. Great idea. Yeah. And you know, I just I want to confront this idea, actually, of the expert, you know, and I know and I actually Ryan is a great guest to discuss this with, because I'll tell you, knowing Ryan for many years, Ryan is just a real deal dude in the sense that, you know, he if he loves you and respects you, he shows it and, and you know it and he's just not a guy to just. He just doesn't sweat people, he doesn't really revere people. he's a bit of a like an iconoclast, which I think is just a great I mean despite the enormous icons that he's played with, he's an iconoclast you know he he he's just a real deal dude for he words. he respects you know the common man and woman um and uh you know he's just a real dude like that. but there's this whole atmosphere of just kind of like disrespect the so-called common person, like you're not smart enough to make decisions for yourself. And I just think that's—it's such an obnoxious uh, worldview, and and an incorrect worldview. It's not practical for people, yeah, yeah, right? Absolutely. Like for example, you know, my question is: Well, where were all these various experts to help guide me in my life up until this point? Mm-hmm. You can't pop up. In, in my life and say, you're an expert and now you're guiding me. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. no, my life was already in progress. And then there's any number of variables and factors in my life you might not be aware of. Mm-hmm. So regardless of your incredible uh, credentials and, and pedigree, um, it might not be suitable for me. Mm-hmm. Right? I would love an economics expert to guide me in uh, in economics. And I would love a health expert to um, actually maybe a health expert who's also a cook, to cook my family meals every day that are of all the right you know, you know, nutritional content. And I would love you know, experts of all kinds to just guide me in, in finance and wellness and home economics. But um, if you weren't there from the beginning, don't pop up and try to guide me. And likewise, as far as communities go, ask the community what they need. Right. Don't tell the community. That's, right. not, that's not how it works. Yeah. And that's a big problem with the, um, the mandates and the, impl- you know, the, uh, the imposing of COVID uh, mandates on the people As I said, well, you know what? I know this is wrong. Not based on my expertise, based on, guess what? My gut. Yeah. I know this is wrong because if you cared about the people, you ask the people yep. what they need. Oh, so I've been notified that we have some callers on the line, and this is... A call-in show um, right along the lines of what I was talking about. I want to hear from you, the listening audience. I'm very interested in everyone's opinion, whether you claim to be an expert or not. I'm interested in your opinion as a human being. And that's another thing, you know, I love factual information and I, I'm an information junkie in my own right, but I also love opinions. You know, they say uh, opinions are like, you, you know, what's, Um, And everyone has one. But, yeah, I still want to hear your opinion. You know, your opinion might not be the last opinion I ever hear. It might not be the final say of the matter. But human opinions are just a fascinating thing. So who do we have on the line to join us? All right. First up is Craig from New York. Brother Blue, are you on the air? I can't hear you, Brother Blue.
1: One
0: two. This is Craig Blue. Oh, Jeremiah? microphone check. One two one two. This is my brother, and his name is Craig Blue. Now check it mm-hmm. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> now Ryan and and Blue and I, we were all original members me? of Earth Driver. Yeah. Can you hear me, Blue? Oh
1: no.
0: I don't know. Can Blue hear me? Testing one two. I can. I can hear him. I can hear you, Blue. I don't know why you can't hear me. Oh. Okay, can you hear me, Blue? Testing one two. One, two, one, two. Hello? Yo, Blue, can you hear me? Testing one two. Microphone check. Blue? Oh yeah, Hello? B- yeah, brother Blue. Can you call back? Hello? I can hear you, Blue. You can't hear me for some reason. <laughs> okay, blues blue's gonna have to call back. We'll we'll figure it out. Um I, I hope to get him on the air in just a moment. But Brother Blue was the original artist of Earth Driver. Earth Driver. had a live painter painting while we were rocking out and funking out. Blue would have a canvas on stage, and he produced a whole Earth Driver series. So me, Blue, and Ryan, we all go way back. And Blue is someone who I talk to just about every day. So I hope we can get him back on the line in a second because... Um, you know, he enriches my everyday life uh, through his incredible insights. Can you hear me, Blue? Um, Okay, I don't know what's going on here. Blue, is your phone working, dude? I know you're having some weird headphone issues when I spoke to you recently. I hope it's not your headphones, because we're over here racking our brains (laughs) trying to figure out technically what's going on on our side. And it could just be some busted headphones that you're wearing. Blue, can you hear me? Microphone check one two one two. Okay, so we're gonna keep going. We have another call? Yeah, sorry. Blue, call us back, brother. We we hope to get you in the mix here, but um we're gonna get that's live radio, as you guys know. <laughs> this is uh this Sorry. is an unedited program. This isn't, uh, what do they call it now? Legacy media, right, yeah. where everything's the pre-packaged.
1: One, the next one is Noel from BK.
0: Okay, we have Noel from Brooklyn. Um, Noel, can you Yeah, how on? you doing, Jeremiah? Oh, uh, pleasure. Noel calling from Brooklyn. Nice to hear you. Uh, I'd like to uh, welcome you aboard uh, on PRN. Thank I you so much. I used to hear you uh, call on Utrese,
1: which yes. you actually taking her old time slot, so you know and you're in royalty, right?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. You just, oh, and I'm so glad you said that. because yeah, Hello? Really, can you hear me?
1: Hello, can you hear me?
0: I can hear you, but you can't hear me, so what's Hello? going on over there? Oh no. Hello, I'm still here. I can hear you, brother. <laughs> I can hear you, but you Hello? can't hear me. This is unbelievable, right? This is like we're we're being Hello. Like... <laughs> oh, <it's> torturous. <laughs> we're being divided by like a time warp. We're like on opposite sides of a black hole. We're 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 both there. Yeah, man. What's going on over there, guys? Is there a I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. We're just cruising along. Live radio, everybody. So you hear how it goes. Of course, we're going to have to have our bumps in the road or uh, bumps on the road as we get to our destination. But um, we got a couple great guys over here. Kyle and Dylan are, uh, are sorting it out. But, yeah, so just to say while we're waiting for callers to join us, that is a big portion of what this show is about. I want you... To to call in and just say what's on your mind. You know, I'm not going to say it's not free your mind Friday. I'm not going to steal Eutrice Leeds, uh, you know, special Friday event Um, that that's Eutrice's thing. But it's in the same spirit, which is I want to hear from you. We're all a PRN family. Um, We have to support each other. I really appreciate your support of this show let people know about it, let people know there's a new voice on radio. This is literally a dream come true for me. Catherine Davis is the one who made the connection, who got me on air, and I will always be indebted to her for that. She's also an old friend, um, someone who I, I cherish very much. And that's what this is about. This is about old friends, reconnecting, and you know, if we're still on the planet, our work isn't done. That's for everyone who's out there listening, We're still here. We're on the planet. Stay inspired. Let's keep doing this sacred work. If you weren't meant to be here, you wouldn't be here, but you are here. So, you know, let's all work together. Let's support each other. You know, that's one thing that just drives me crazy about this social media culture that we live in is why don't we support each other? We could just, you know, we've been given these um, platforms that, of course, they're manipulated platforms, they're controlled platforms. But why don't we just all just uplift each other one by one? You know, I wonder about that. You know, if someone comes out with a a, a new book, they'll say, hey, everyone, I, I came out with a new book. Please, you know, check it out. This is, you know, my life's work. Yeah. And we'll get, you know, five likes on Facebook yeah. or something. And then someone, the same person says, did you see the new Star Wars movie? Yeah. And everyone's like, it was awesome. Yeah. 300 likes. Like, stop supporting stuff that just doesn't need your support, guys. Those are commercial projects with massive money behind it your friends need your help the people in the community need your help who you know they're doing good things and they're not doing it for attention they're just doing the the right thing for the community so let's support those people we shouldn't be ego-driven people and i think we're ready for a call we're good we're yeah we're gonna give it a try Uh, i think we got craig blue on the line are you there brother blue Testing 1, 2, are you there, Brother Blue? My fingers are crossed. Can we talk to you? <laughs> you
1: got bars over here.
0: In the Matrix. Oh, okay. I hear your voice, Blue. Do you hear mine? Do you hear mine? No, we're not fine. <laughs> I'm running out of rhymes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what's going on here. We're, we're having a little bit of, um, you know, maybe it's the CIA or something. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little paranoid about that because, uh, you know, we saw from Edward Snowden that we were all under surveillance. I think people miss that about the Edward Snowden thing, yeah, the thing about like your, um, your phone being tapped. Well, yeah, that's ubiquitous. All of our phones are tapped all we of the all, time. We all know it now. Yeah. yeah, and we don't care enough. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, that's something that's so weird is we're so inundated that we we just don't care about monumental things anymore. Yeah. I mean, just things that are just unbelievable things in our world, they just go unaddressed. I mean, we just act like, oh, oh, well. Yeah. And
1: We're, we're, we're approaching an election cycle where two of the main topics might be Nuclear war and aliens, right? And we, we're not talking about either one,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, it's so weird. It's just just
1: zoom back twenty years. Come on.
0: Yeah, it seems like um, we yeah,
1: got stuff to talk about. Yeah, we yeah. Should, let's let's get at it.
0: Yeah, seriously. Yeah, you know that's a funny thing. There's always the sort of the inverted logic, right? There's right. there's one point of view, but then there's the other point of view, and that's something that frustrates me. Is when someone states their point of view, and then they seem unable to acknowledge even the obvious aspects of the other point of view, right. you know? And it's like, for example, people will say one of the sayings is, um, what's the saying? They say, uh, don't talk about it, be about it. Well, if we didn't talk about what we're being about, then what are you being about, right? We have to have clarity. Like we could say, oh, we're starting a band. Let's start a new rock band. And I'm thinking, you know, some glam rock band. And you're thinking funk rock. Right. And we have two different images in our mind, even though we're carrying on like we're on the same page. Yeah, so That's a good analogy. That's why thank you. And that's why um, you know, clarification of where we stand is so important. Even, you know, for example, I find this funny, and I'm gonna write a substack about this. By the way, guys, if you haven't um checked me out on Substack, please look up Jeremiah J E R E M I A H Hosea H O S E A at Substack. Um, that is, uh, you know, the platform where I'm expressing my views now and I follow many sub stacks. I think it's a really exciting time and in information. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. We're going to take calls next week. Um, I'm really sorry about that. I was so excited to hearing to hear from you. And, and I'm so excited to talk with Blue. But, um, yeah, we're just having some technical problems over here. That's the way it rolls. It's like, uh, you know, oh, change on the set list. Yeah, man. No problem uh we'll we'll have a lot of fun with that next time but in the meantime you know on the subject of uh you know don't talk about it be about it it's like well i understand that we, we can't just sit here talking and talking let's be men of action right Let, let's step up and do what we have to do let's not be big talkers who don't do we have to do but if we don't talk about what we're doing then what are we doing we're just acting to, uh, just out of bravado or something right. so you know i just think it's really important that we talk that we're not impatient with each other that's something maybe you've noticed this too ryan people are more emotional about their opinions than ever before have yeah, you felt sure. that
1: I, it's it seems to be primarily informed by emotion you know when i and if you ask for substance and if you ask for clarification on just about anything it, it's it, 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 it you can feel most people you ask and you do well just give me your opinion you know what I mean just not something that you read or well and it it, it, it's the only thing that they really oftentimes have is the emotion and the information and the facts just aren't there there's nothing to sort of base up to 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 really hold up the the opinions that are informing most people's lives I'm finding and well-intentioned people intelligent people you know and it's it's, it's, a, it's a trip.
0: Yeah, it's, it's really strange. strange times. People are unable to comport themselves. Yeah. You know, that people are sort of launching into... What I'm finding is people are launching into emotional states of mind at the beginning of the conversation right that's what's happening i'm finding a lot of in a lot of cases like well hold on can we build up to that right (laughs)
1: you're met with the emotion then you have to right exactly you know
0: like let's go over things and then we kind of the the argument reaches a level of emotion but you're just inflamed in emotion from the the beginning of the conversation it just it just doesn't make sense
1: yeah and there is there is so much to talk about and we know we have you know verifiable truth now that uh, or verifiable facts now that we've been lied to take covid um and i i, th- I think our lack of mm-hmm. our unwillingness to discuss and and just uh, this these kid gloves that we have to sort of handle these subjects with each other is is it's to our detriment and now more than ever and information uh we are approaching a time where um what's real
0: and what's not are going to be they're becoming oh you you just touched it so yeah guys just to hip everybody to if you don't see what's sort of unfolding here is we all have to brace ourselves here because with ai and the incredible ability to edit and manipulate video and audio we are entering the era the age of the deep fake there's going to be people accused in court on video of heinous actions and their argument is going to be that's not me yeah that's an image of me so we're getting into some unbelievable territory guys it used to be what you know i always used to say when we'd see these atrocious events of unarmed people being killed by the police and, and or beaten up or killed by the police, and it's on video, and then we're debating whether or not it happened. Yeah. And my argument was always, if we have video evidence of someone committing a harmful act, we shouldn't be s- debating whether or not they did what we saw. We should just be discussing, how do we punish the person who did what we saw? Yeah. And they, you know, they would you know, engage in this sort of argument of, don't trust your lying eyes. But now, that's taking on a new dimension in the era of the deep fake, that you can literally have people appearing to say things that they absolutely didn't say. I mean, these scary images of um, long compiled, um, you know, statements made by people, and it sounds like the voice of the person, and it's not the person, it's AI taking a snippet of someone's voice somehow, and that's enough to generate that person making extensive statements. Um, did you see this crazy thing about the book that was released about the Maui fires? Have you seen this? No. No. This is some crazy stuff, man. And for anybody out there who, who's been following Maui and some of the strange things observed over there, someone came out with a book about the Maui fires two days after the fire on Amazon. Like an extensive text. How did you do that? And now it's been removed already. It was available for sale two days after these fires had just occurred and now it's gone and people are saying it was an AI book someone quickly thought it would be clever to make an AI book and publish it right after the fire and mysteriously this this book is gone so again I need to read up on some of the details of wow this is this is weird but you know it's just an odd item of 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 an extensive book written about an event that happened yesterday, basically available for sale on Amazon. So we have three minutes. We're, uh, we're, we're getting to the end of our program, everyone. And I just want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. It's such an honor to be here. And um, I promise to do my very best to bring you interesting guests and interesting topics. And, I'm going to uh, be looking forward to your opinions and your points of view as you call in and share what's important to you. You can all reach me at Hosea at gmail.com j-e-r-e-m-i-a-h-h-o-s-e-a at gmail.com. You can check out my website which is really dedicated to my music jeremiahhosea.com if you uh Buy one of my songs, I will be very honored. And I do have two beautiful young children to feed. I have a five year old and a two year old. So um, if you support me, you are supporting them. If you think I'm a total crackpot, say, well, okay, well, he has kids to feed. So Mm -hmm. at least don't punish him or don't punish his kids for his insanity. Um, I have two children who, you know, are going to inherit this world along with all the other children. And that's why I'm fighting, actually. That's that's why I believe we have to talk about this stuff. If it was just me, I would care a lot less. But I'm literally afraid for the world that my children are inheriting. And I know that sounds almost cliche, right? It's, it's such a scary world to bring children into. But I'll tell you something, guys, and this is really from the heart. Before I became a father, I was not as scared of the world that my children were inheriting. I was like, okay, it's a scary world, but you know, it's been done, you know, generation after generation and a new fear has set in, in terms of changes that have happened in my lifetime and my children's short lifetimes, the world has changed in a way that makes me really concerned for them. So I'm going to stick up for myself in, in the first place, honestly, but when you bring my kids and the children of the world who are truly innocent into this, now we have a fight. Now you got problems. I'm not giving up for my kids or for anybody's kids, and we do have to stand up for the truth because we might not be innocent, but the children are, and they deserve to you know, fulfill themselves and their potential as much as possible. So I'm getting the cue. We're running out of time here. But I thank you so much for tuning in. I want to thank my brother, Ryan Waters, um, just a phenomenal guitar player, phenomenal artist, phenomenal man. He has a great band called Ill, um, available at earthdriver.org. We have our little community of music there. Please check out the Ill albums. They are ill um, in a good way. And um, thanks to the engineers here. Thanks to Kyle and Dylan. These guys are over here juggling a three ring circus back there, but they're making it happen. So thank you all. I'm going to be back next Friday, 1 p.m. Tune in. Tell everyone The Baseline with Jeremiah Hosea is here. And thank you all. Peace and love.